0: Hello everyone, I'm Alicia Malone. Welcome to another episode of Magnificent Obsession. This is the show where I talk to people who are below the line, as they say, but they should be front and center of who we talk about because they are the craftspeople, they are the creative forces that make movies happen. And my guest today is a costume designer. Her name is Lauren Opelt, and I first came across her work in a movie called Greener Grass, which is out October 18. And this film is very striking visually and particularly with the costumes. I describe it as sort of like a David Lynchian, John Waters type of film, it's going a retro look and it's about these two women Lisa and Jill and Jill is the social alpha she's the top of the chain but then slowly she falls to the bottom of the chain and Lisa her best friend sort of takes her place at the top and that is all reflected in the costumes those roles are also played by the two directors of the film Jocelyn DeBoer and Dawn Luby Two women who have been working in the industry for a while and they've worked with Lauren before. So we talk all about that movie and we talk all about her start in costume design. Here is Lauren Opelt. Lauren, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for having me. I watched Greener Grass, and the first thing I noticed was the costumes.
1: Thank you. But before we get into (laughs) that,
0: um, I want to know a bit more about you. So where did you grow up?
1: Um, I am from Washington State. Um, I'm from a town called Ellensburg, and it's a rodeo town. (laughs) Uh, That sounds fun. (laughs) It was fun, but also like... I definitely did not belong there and um just was like a very dramatic child <laughs> and I would like wear large sunglasses to like the 5th grade and be <laughs> like I'm getting out of here like <laughs> be, be like you're you know 10 <laughs> and I'd be like yeah Hollywood can't wait for me Yeah, get on the next bus. Yeah, (laughs) just
2: like glittery sunglasses. And like my teachers are just like, (laughs) we really just don't know what to do. (laughs) So did you
0: always think you wanted to do something in drama or film or
2: something related
0: to that?
1: Yeah, like um, I started as a performer. And so I went to boarding school for the performing arts for high school. And I uh, majored in musical theater. And then I went to UCLA for writing and directing, and then um, uh, it turns out when you're 21 and you're a girl, nobody gives you writing and directing jobs. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I'm also six foot three, so I had always sewn um, because, like, because I went to uh, boarding school for the performing arts, and because I was at UCLA, like, when you aren't in a show they put you in a different part of the production. production. And so, like, you have, like, certain requirements to fulfill. And basically, um, you know, like, I wasn't a good fit for, like, Anne Frank's diary. (laughs) 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 The Nazis would have found us very quickly. Um, So I was in the costume shop. So
0: when was the first time you thought, I'm going to make that switch and, and start doing costumes
1: as a career? Um... Well, it, it like, snuck up on me, really, because, like, I directed a lot, but I would always make my own costumes for my shows. So there are all of these pictures of me in college where I was, like, thinking of myself as director, but meanwhile, I'm, like, styling someone or, like, bedazzling something. And
2: it was, like, oh, I don't – it was, like, maybe clearer to other people,
1: if that makes sense. And yeah. then. Um, after school, after college, I started assisting my friend Ann Klaus Farley. And, um... And she was a costume designer? Yeah, she's a costume designer. And it just sort of, like, got out of hand eventually. And, like, I kept trying to direct. and I kept trying to write. And I had, like, things start to go well. And then it, they would go, like, very poorly. <laughs> and, um... And finally, I just... I took... A job um, on Barbie Live the Musical. <laughs> wow, where I traveled all over Southeast Asia. That sounds fun. Yeah, um, doing like I was part of the wardrobe crew, and I actually hate the word wardrobe, and we can talk about that later. But like in regards to theater, it is accurate. Like the wardrobe crew, they run the logistical wardrobe items and The Wig Designer, and then when I came back, I booked my first TV show.
0: Jocelyn DeBoer and Dawn Luby. Yeah. The two directors of Greener Grass who you had worked with before. Yes. So when they approached you with this movie, was it an instant yes?
1: It was never... I was never not going to design Greener Grass. Like, I... It was my fourth project with them, I think. Um, So it was more of a matter of, like, guys, when it's greener grass, yeah. you know, as opposed to, like, it being, like, maybe somebody else would design it. Like, I don't think that was ever a thing. Um, and then I was really lucky because um, I got to ask one of my best friends, Lee Poindexter, to be the production designer, sort mm. of. Like, obviously, like, they she had to get hired and stuff. But it was like a no brainer because Lee is so extraordinarily talented. And like I just was like, I don't know if Lee will work for this (laughs) rate. But I like called her and and was like, Lee, like we have to make this movie. (laughs) Like it's they're they're not gonna pay us enough. The days are gonna be very, very long. (laughs) But in twenty years I truly believe that people will go like you did that movie like yeah. I I know the girls really well I know a lot of the actors that were in the movie because I've worked with them all throughout my career Greener Grass was very hard like it was yeah how physically many brutal. <laughs> costumes
0: did you have to do
1: I have no idea
0: 'Cause it was it's not only the adults and it has a very specific look, we should say for people who haven't seen it, it's kind of like a, a retro vibe, sort of, even yeah. though it's set in modern times, I think. Yeah. But it's it has like, a specific it's like a David Lynch meets like John Waters kind of vibe.
1: Yeah. I always I said this and then lots of people. Have said it since, but from here first <laughs> that it's um steppered Wives meets Edwards as her hands. Yeah, that's perfect, perfect like, description because it's very stylized. Yeah, and but the, it tells a story, right? And like I, I mean, if you're gonna take, if you're if you're gonna cheat off somebody's paper, Colleen Atwood is a good person to Absolutely. to do that, <laughs> you yeah. know. And and I just. We were trying to figure out the limits of a palette because that's such an important part when you're creating a controlled environment of like what actual colors can you allow to slip in and what ones do you have to keep out? And like I literally just like watched Edward Scissor hands and like wrote down all of the colors. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> red's in there. Okay, we can use red. Oh, that's good. You know, like, um, And I absolutely did not use black at all, except for on Bad Bob and The Referee. Hmm. There is no other piece of black clothing in the entire movie.
0: Yeah, it's so bright and Yeah, it's pastoral. Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah, Easter eggs and I like how, you know, that the two main characters, Jill and Lisa, they have very specific looks, but it changes yeah. throughout the story because Jill starts out as the alpha and then she becomes the pariah and Lisa sort of starts out in the middle and then she becomes the alpha. So you see like Lisa taking from yeah. Jill color-wise. Yeah. And, and that style-wise. was my idea.
1: Yeah. So so Jill is, like, pink because, as we all know, that's what we've been gendered yeah. <laughs> to believe is the ultimate female color. And Lisa starts out as blue, and and Lisa is sort of like a social succubus. So, like, I filtered pink into Lisa's blue, so she becomes, like, blue and purple, and then she becomes purple. And then at the end, she literally wears Jill's outfit from the first scene and I mean she actually did which is hilarious because Donna's like a foot taller
2: than Jocelyn but she's very thin and it
1: had some stretch (laughs) and it was I don't remember when we decided that it might have been during fittings because they each had at least 20 costumes and like so my top four, which is you know Jill and Lisa, and then Beck Bennett and Neil Casey, the guys who are fucking, they're angel so, so funny,
0: <laughs> and the the guys wear is you know very like. Shorts and, like, golfing outfits. Yeah, totally,
2: but, like, coordinated with
0: their lives. Yeah, yeah. So they had a lot of costumes each.
1: Yes, but Neil always
2: wore the same shorts. (laughs) I found these, like, very tiny periwinkle shorts at a thrift store in Georgia, and I asked Neil if he would wear them, and he said yes. And so he wore them every day, and they're just, like, very small shorts, and it makes me laugh. And I wish that they were lavender, but it's fine. Um,
0: <laughs> but then you also had kids to dress, babies, a and dog dogs. and a soccer ball. A sto- and a soccer ball, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which people will understand when they see the film. Right.
1: There were probably at least a thousand costumes in Greener Grass. Wow. And I... All of them were made by me. Wow, well, sewn by you. Yeah, I sewed stuff on every... Sing- or glued on every single costume in that movie. Wow! Um, I had two assistants who had never done a movie before, <laughs> and like, I mean, you saw how many people there was, and God bless them. Like, we had to dress all the background. Yeah, there's lots of extras because it, it's yeah. a very specific world that it's yeah. Set it's in. a yeah. it's like a suburban sort of sort of like creepy
2: utopia. It's a utopia. Like David Lynch is a is a good yeah. uh, tone some darkness tonal. Yeah, them. yeah. <laughs> Where
1: everyone's like, "Hello."
0: Yeah. Um, I I forgot. So you couldn't get away with just
1: like telling the extras to wear whatever. You had well, to be very specific. You can tell them all you want, but yeah. them having it and them wearing it and like it just is a thing. And like, there's a picture. That was like used a lot, where, like there's a guy and he's wearing like white athletic shoes, and it, the picture was used a lot, and I was like, "God, damn it! <laughs> like, and he's just a random guy.' It was just his like, chase. his
2: clothes are
1: fine."
2: he's just an extra but like it's just all I see are those like white athletic shoes and I'm like why didn't I have like shoes for every single person
0: oh my gosh it sounds like as a costume designer you have to be incredibly organized
1: yes what kind
0: of traits do you need to
1: do this job a really good assistant yeah (laughs) I am not organized um That is not my journey. I'm I'm a chaos monster, and that's fine. But also, we didn't have a trailer. So every single day, I drove my hatchback oh <laughs> car my to Georgia. And my assistant, Ziggy, who is a fucking angel, and I hope her name makes it into this podcast. Ziggy, I love you. Um, <laughs> She and I, with Hazia, my other assistant, would load all of the clothes in the movie into our two cars every day and then every morning we would load all of the clothes out of our car and then have to figure out like who had the like trim bag and who had the this and like it we were working like really really long hours like 20 hours a day sometimes and like it just it i have never done a harder job and I hopefully never will do a harder job. Mm. But I also knew that it would be worth it.
0: Yeah, it is. It's like I said, the costumes were really striking and, and so important to the film important to telling the story. And would you say that's one of the biggest functions of a costume designer to help tell the story through the clothes? I mean, I wouldn't do it otherwise. Because it's creative.
1: Yeah, it's creative. Storytelling. And I, I recently quit a movie and... Part of the reason (laughs) was because the director was like, so you're telling me the function of a costume designer is to portray the inner workings of a character? And I was like, yes, motherfucker, that's the whole point. That's what we (laughs) do. You're showing their socioeconomic status. You're showing how they choose to present themselves to the world. You're showing, like, what they like and how they feel in their body and, like, all of these things which are really important and that is i mean that's the point of costume design and and like as a person who started as a performer like i know how important it is to feel like you look like your character and i don't i try not to do any movies that I don't get to create characters. Like, I try not to do jeans and T-shirt movies unless I get to also build, like, an alien that kills and kills everybody. <laughs> like, I want to, like, I don't... You want to be creative. Yeah, like, there are lots of girls who can go to H&M and get wild. that And they should. Mazel. You know? Like, I want to make a different world and make characters and, and influence that and have people put it on and go, like, oh, I get it now.
0: Is that why you don't like the term wardrobe?
1: Um, It's just inaccurate. Like, I'm a costume designer. I'm a member of the Costume Designers Guild of America. Like, I paid money. I, You know, like... <laughs> design is in the title. I design, yeah. yeah. And wardrobe is... Also, there are two different unions, right? There's a designer's union, and there's a costumer's union, which is 705. And um, it just, it's diminutive. You would never call a cinematographer or a DP, like, camera boy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, like, when someone calls me a
1: wardrobe girl, what? I'm
2: like, excuse me. <laughs> I pay a... Uh, Approximately a thousand dollars a year to be in the Costume Designers Guild of America. I will be called will a be, designer. You can call you. me a CD. Yeah. You can call me the designer. Like you do, you boo. Yeah. But don't call me wardrobe. I'm not like a closet. Yeah, like I'm a human woman, and I stayed up all night like this. And you better recognize. Yeah, recognize the work.
0: Yeah. So, what would you say is the best way for people to get into the job? Because I, I imagine mm. there's. Various ways of doing it, do you need training, or is it more about training on the job as an assistant?
1: Um I guess it's hard to say um, the hard thing about it is are are you talking specifically about costume design? yeah,
0: like if people are listening and they want to get into costume design, you know, do you have any advice for them?
1: Make friends with actors, yeah. Yeah, or directors.
0: To refer you for the job? Yeah.
1: I mean, well, no, you start doing their stuff for free. Right. Right? Right. Like, my first thing that I designed was a short film when I was 19. I mean, besides my stuff, um, for my friend Daniel Murray. And I, you know, when I was in college, I basically, like, sat outside and chain-smoked on the bench all day and was sort of like I don't know the host of the bench um and so people would come talk to me all day and you know uh I did very well in my general ed classes um <laughs> and my friend Dan was like oh I need somebody who can do like these showgirls for me and I was like I could do that like let's go downtown and get some leotards and some gloves and get wild you know and and um and he was like okay and and that was just like there you go there's the first one you know um hmm. i
0: and then you can build from there you have a yeah. something to show for your portfolio and
1: yeah yeah a lot of people think that they want to do it too and actually hate it right cuz it's really hard and people treat you like you're an idiot a lot uh because they're like you're a girl that plays with clothes yeah <laughs> and you're like Right. That is technically true. (laughs) But also, like, I read the script. I, like, created, like, backstories for these characters. And, like, I did all this other stuff. Like, I've had men that have been my boss ask me, like, you read the script, right? And I'm like no, I just made this up and hoped for the best. Or like I get notes like, I like blue. You know, it's like, great. Well, blue will definitely make it in at some point. (laughs)
2: Like It's a pretty good color. Not going to skip that one.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask,
2: you know, you mentioned like
0: (laughs) being a writer director hard for a woman, particularly when you're young. Yeah. Um, You know, costume design, there are a lot of women working, but you still have to face... Some discrimination on set. Oh my god,
1: that's why I hate being called wardrobe, because it's a it's a closet. Like I'm, and it's there aren't a lot of departments that are as discriminated against as the female based departments. We often get like offered the lowest rates. It's something we're actively fighting against right now. Um, but, like, costumes, um, hair and makeup, and script supervisors were all traditionally female-headed departments, and so we get called scripty or pretty committee or, like, shit like that, mm. and it's like, um, look, I'm not trying to be rude, but that cinematographer DP, Mr. Man who is cranky and somebody brought him coffee and he came in two hours later than me and he has about 20 dudes doing his fucking job and he stands there and points at shit, I want to get on that train Mm. because I am very tired. I have to do laundry after we wrap tonight. Like, you know, and it's like people are diminutive to us and it's like, no, like your makeup team was here three hours before you. Yeah, Your script supervisor is at home doing notes all night. Yeah. And a lot of times not getting compensated for that, those hours. And it's all of, like, just a leftover of, like, misogyny and how that is filtered through the system. Whereas, like, cinematographers are, you know, primarily male. And they get support and money and staff. And they get to leave at cut. And, like, and... Obviously, a camera is a very important part of a film. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am not talking about that, you know, but it's like those dudes are getting paid a lot of money and their time is being respected. So, yes, their job is hard, but they're getting compensated for mm. that struggle. What would you say is your favorite thing about the job or what do you, what excites you
0: the most? Is it coming up with the concepts at the beginning? Is it seeing it on set?
1: So seeing it on the big screen, um, I like uh, I like building, but I like hmm, I'm like I said, like I, I'm a chaos monster, so like I really like when I just get to make stuff and sort of like to da it, you know, like I if someone else could just take all of the other stuff. And, like, be in charge of that and run it, and that's great. And I get to just show up with, like, paint on me, you know, with, like,
2: crazy hair and be, like, is it all good? We good? <laughs> all right, cool. I made this really weird thing. Here you go. <laughs> and, like, leave? That's – I love that.
1: Yeah. But I also – I mean, like, like going back to Greener Grass, like, the reason I did Greener Grass is because – I knew it was an opportunity to make something that I was proud of the way that it looked and that when I look at it, I see my own aesthetic, I see my own work, and I see what it contributes to the overall product. And I think it's really awesome when you see stylized work and you go, wow, hmm. that's rad. Like, you know, when you see a great shot or you see a great set or you see whatever, you're like, Holy shit, that's awesome. You know? And like I I applaud people who want to make like very realistic, gritty dramas. Yeah. But like,
2: I don't. <laughs> like I wanna make a show about drag queens in space. Yeah. Like... <laughs>
0: that would be awesome I'd Yeah, see that.
2: I've I've been like telling everyone. <laughs> ask me like what's your dream job
1: i'm like drag in space
2: well I'll, i hope i get to see that in the future and you did
0: such a great job with greener grass oh, so congratulations thank and you. thank you so much for talking to me oh
1: thank you for having me
0: Thank you so much to Lauren for giving me her time. She's so wonderful. I had such a such a blast talking to her. And also thanks to Little Everywhere Studios for recording this podcast. And don't forget to see Greener Grass when it comes out October 18. Hopefully it's in a theatre near you because it was one of my favourite films I saw at Sundance. It really has its own unique style and I get so excited when I see a film that feels original, like it has its own unique voice and is set in a completely different universe. So make sure you check that out. And I think I'm going to be back next week with another episode. I've got a few people lined up to talk to me about their jobs in the industry. So stay tuned. Thanks for subscribing. And don't forget to share with your friends who might like this nerdy little film podcast. (laughs) I'm Alicia Malone and I will speak to you very soon. Bye.